So those of you who are uh, astute and have been around a while, you see I have a handheld mic. Anytime I have a handheld mic, that means somebody else is preaching. But you're going to be very, very blessed today. This is, uh, if you were here last year, about this time, actually we were, I was, it, was, it was almost exactly one year ago this weekend, uh, Eddie Hamarai, or in, in Hungary, it's actually the last name is first, Hamarai Eddie, is, spoke here. He's an evangelist from Hungary. His, his father and I have been friends for almost 20 years. Uh, I, was, I ministered in his church uh, in 2004. It was a Tuesday night. I was telling some people yesterday it was a Tuesday night because it was an election night, and we watched the election in Budapest, Hungary. Uh, watch the election results come in. We won. And, uh, <clears throat> sorry. And, uh, but uh, spoke in his father's church that night and, and began a, a, a lifelong friendship. And uh, Eddie, 18 years ago, was much younger, but uh, as so was I. Yes, exactly. But uh, he has grown into an amazing young man of God. He, uh, his heart is evangelism and to do tent crusades and other evangelistic outreaches throughout Hungary. And uh, you're going to see his heart this morning. You're going to be blessed. And uh, while he's here, we're, we're in the midst of, of planning next summer's uh, mission trip. And so we have not taken a mission trip since 2017 um, for a number of reasons. And, uh, but this, we just have it on our heart very strong that this next year in 2023, uh, it looks like it's going to be in July. So if you're, if God moves on your heart, but he's going to share some things about what they're doing, both with the outreaches, with the evangelism, but also with the refugee work. So his father is the one that we sp- we've been sending the money for the uh, Ukrainian refugees, and he has some, some testimonies and some, and some sharing about what's happening there. So let's give a warm welcome to Eddie Hamarai. And for those of you who were last year and said, oh, we wish he would have preached in English, he's going to today. So he's good. Hallelujah. It's going to be good. And I told him we would only make fun if he said words funny. But otherwise, uh, he's going to do an awesome. His English is phenomenal. I'll try to do my best. Can anyone hear me? That's good. All right. So uh, first of all, thank you for having me. Thank you for letting me share my heart and some of the testimonies about we have been through in this year and the last year. I have some really, really good and deep and strong testimonies from the border, from the country, what we have experienced in um, this year and last year also. So yeah, this is my first time um, speaking or preaching in English. So back at home, I was laughing when we were coming here because in Hungary, when people you know, uh, saw me or hear me uh, preaching in Hungary, they are like, oh, wow, you're like a lion. It's so cool. But I'm so glad they don't see me now because I'm, I look like a puppy. So. <laughs> but there is, <laughs> there is also one thing what I learned is that the, the anointing and the Holy Spirit is not in the volume. It's in the heart. So my heart is the same. And uh, I hope that you will feel what's the desire in me. So today, I'd like to talk to you about faith. And um, I'd like you to go to John chapter 2 in the Bible. I think all of you know this story very well. But I have some revelations from this story that I'd like to share with you. And uh, I read the New King, King James Version. Let's see. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your consent have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now... I can hear myself back. That's cool. (laughs) There's another me here. 
Now there were set there thick, six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim, up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. And he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when, he, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Amen. This is going to be good. So, let's see. First verse to the second one. I want to go through to the stories and I want you to see and to understand the revelation with what, which comes by faith. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. I'd like you to know something, to understand something. Back in Hungary, in Europe, me and my team and my friends and my family, we are preparing for a huge wedding. And everything starts with this. When I heard yesterday what pastor shared to the team about the vision of the valley, when I heard the youth talking on Wednesday about the vision, what they have for the city, it means that you guys are want to experience a wedding. You're gonna be in a wedding, and this wedding is so very important if we want to see something, if we want to experience anything in Christ and in the church, Jesus has to be there. So everything starts with inviting him. And you know, when I say we are preparing for a wedding in Hungary, there are prophecies and promises from the United States, from all over the Europe, that the Lord is going to visit that small little country in the middle of Europe, which is Hungary. And... Um, Two years ago, I got a vision. Actually, we lived in um, Houston, Texas, two years ago. And um, I got a vision from the Lord, and um, he sent me back to Hungary with the, of course, with the message of the gospel. But when I was in my prayer room, actually, it wasn't a room. It was a, how do you say it, like a wardrobe, where all of the clothes are? Closet. Closet. Yeah, closet. Thank you. So I was in my prayer closet. I have a prayer closet back at home. I like to pray under the clothes. Just, you know, <laughs> just hiding there. No windows, no one there, no one disturbs me and stuff like that. So when I was praying in my um, prayer closet, um, if the, the, the air, the, the atmosphere was so intense. It was so thick. And in one moment, I heard the Lord asking me, what do you want to do? And I got so scared. I started to weep. I was crying. It was very, very intense. And um, then I answered and I told him, like, Lord, I'd like to preach the gospel. I'd like to see real Bible ABC salvations. I don't want to see, you know, shows and feelings and emotional experiences. I want to see real salvation in Hungary. And there is, like, the population in Hungary is, like, around 10 million people. So... So when I was in this prayer, um, suddenly I saw our country border, the borderline, with my spiritual eyes. And in one point, in a moment, a flame started burning out. And this flame grows, and as it grows, it affected the whole city, around the whole villages, and the whole country, the whole border. Everything was in fire in that small little country. All the borderline, every villages, every town. Wherever we went to preach the gospel, I saw myself standing on a stage preaching one of the most simple messages from the Bible. No big theological stuff, you know, so simple. And flame was coming out from my mouth and it touched the people. So, and I got so scared. I was crying. It was so, so, so intense. I did not feel myself worthy to see that, to experience that. And then I told the Lord, I, like, I said, uh, Lord, I don't think that you know, this is for me or this is for us. 
my team, my friends, the group with whom I preach. And I asked him, like, you know, what should I do? What do you want me to do? And he told me only one thing. His voice was so calm, it was so generous, and he just told me, preach the gospel. And you'll see what's next. You'll see the fruits. So the vision what I have is to, to fund and to create the first, so it was so funny. Two years ago, I was talking with Debbie, and I told him, like uh, her, that uh, we are doing some uh, ministry stuff back at home. I'm trying to build up my our first ministry. It's not a church, you know. It's, it's a ministry. It's moving. It, it doesn't stay at one point at one time. And the funny thing is, when I say it here, that we are building up a ministry, people are oh, people are like, oh wow, that's so cool. Do it. I'll pray for you. We have thousands of that, you know. In America, there is a lot of ministries, but back in Hungary. I cannot tell you one evangelistic association or ministry where the people are paid full time and they don't have to work somewhere else to do their ministry. So not one of them. And so when the Lord told me to do that, because through this work and through this job, he's going to bless the country and through the country, Europe, I was like, oh well, it's so cool. People might think I'm crazy, you know. The, because I want you to understand something. The, the, the average income in Hungary is $9,936 a year. I looked at I checked it yesterday, because I was like, I don't want to say anything silly. $9,936 a year, peers from Hungary. Pastor Jean was a lot of times in Hungary. They can tell that, you know. And... So when I, sit, when, I, when I tell the people my vision, my desire, my heart, because the Lord told me that you are going to pay 10 to 15 people every month. That's the promise. They're like, oh, well, that's so cool. And where does the money come from? And I'm like, oh, well, that's so cool. I don't know. You know? <laughs> he didn't tell me. You know, he didn't tell me where, where, from where he's going to send the money and where it comes from. I'm like, I, and I don't care. You know, the thing is that I don't care. You'll see... I have some pictures and I have some videos what the Lord and the Holy Spirit does in the country and you will see um, if the anointing is there, you don't care about money. Because that's more. That's more enough. That's way more enough than you know, this stuff. So he will give it. He will fulfill the promises. But if you have a vision, if you have a promise in your life, if you want to do something, if you have something in your heart, there is some youth who has something in their heart. I've heard it on Wednesday. The first three to five or ten years is the season of making yourself a fool before the people. That's how faith works. So in this season, that's the season where we are now. It's very enjoyable. <laughs> very good. Yeah, I'd like to show you some pictures. Um, we, have, we have some tent crusades. Peter, can you... We have some tent crusades in Hungary, so we set up these huge tents in parks around the country, cities, in huge you know, forests and stuff like that. And people are coming, not because they were invited, not because they saw the adver adver advertisements, but because they hear the preach and they hear the worship in the city. So these are like real, 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 never ever heard about Christ people, you know, which is the best. So whenever they come, you see the flag? I mean that, um, it's, yeah, it's the, 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 our ministry is called the hour of decision. So wherever we go, that's the hour for those people of the decision, what they have to make, everybody has to make the decision. And there are some, yeah, you see the people are just coming and they, 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 they love it. I mean, there's Ellen, you know him. Yeah, they, they have a, a huge and a great um, job right now in Ukraine the border. So this is what we are doing. Okay, so please stop here for a minute. Next year, if the youth, I would like to see these guys real so bad next year in Hungary. Peter, okay, please. <laughs> because if you come, if you come, you're going to experience the same stuff. You'll have this red shirt and you can pray for the people. And it's just so cool. All of these people were like, we had um, five or six um, volunteers, these shirts, but when, well, when people saw what these guys are doing, everyone wanted a, a red shirt. They were like, oh, do you have some more? Do you have some more? And I'm like, no, sorry, you should come earlier. But, um, yeah, so, uh, and there were some serious testimonies. There was a guy, I'll tell you this, there was a guy 
he's not in the pictures, but you can stay here. There was a guy, and um, I was preaching the whole time from the stage. He was a little bit um, taller than this. And there were like 200 people under the tent. And so I'm preaching, and there is this guy standing at the back of the tent, and when he saw me, they were late for like, I don't know, 20 or 30, 25 minutes. When he saw me, he stood in the aisle in the middle and he started to run towards the stage. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with you? So, but he was so excited, very excited. So the staff went there, they helped him to sit, you know, in the first row somewhere. But if, during the whole meeting, the whole service, he was just so excited. So when we were done, I prayed for the people. I went back to the, uh, to the back of the tent, and he followed me. He was so, like, kind of aggressive. You know, he was like, I want to go there. I want to see this guy. And I'm like, okay, well, what can I help you? And uh, he told me, I need one thing. Pray for me. And I didn't know anything about him, nothing. I'd never seen him in my whole life. So I laid my hands on him. I started to pray, and suddenly the Holy Spirit told me, stop it and hug him. That's it. I'm like, well, okay. He, you know, he wanted that prayer so bad. So he got kind of angry. He's like, I want you to pray for me. And I'm like, brother, please understand that. I just, can I hug you? You know, can I love you? So I hugged this man, and immediately when I hugged him, I started to feel the same love what I have to the Lord is just went out of me. It was so weird. I mean, I never experienced that before. And that was it. He didn't fall back. He didn't do anything. He was crying, and he went home. Now, after the services, we're collecting these salvation cards. And this guy fulfilled one of his cards. He put his number on it, his email address, and stuff like that. So my team, after the crusade, started to call back all of these cards. In three days, we had 115 salvations, real street salvations. It was unbelievable. So, and then we sent them out to the churches, three or four churches. So they were like, they were so surprised. Wow, that's still alive, that still exists, you know? The people are coming from the street into the churches. Yeah, it's still alive, it still exists. So we called back this man. And when he heard my voice in the phone, he started crying. He couldn't speak. So he uh, handed the phone to uh, his wife. And his wife goes like, she goes, I want you to know something. When we were back from the tent crusade uh, from Budapest, my husband was a drug addict for like 13 years. Every day he used drugs. He even came to the crusade while he was on drugs. I think this is why, because he was so excited. <laughs> and so, but listen to this. So the man cries, he can't speak, and his wife, she goes, 13 years in drugs, even the day when we went to the tent crusade, he was in drugs, but we, we went home by train. He was crying, he was so overwhelmed, the Holy Spirit was so on him, around him. And on the next morning, when he, wa- when he woke up, he went to uh, his uh, wife and he said to her, babe, I need to throw up if I think about drugs and pills and stuff like that. And two weeks later, I called him back because I was so curious if it's real, you know, or it's like just the emotional experience. And um, her wife, his wife, um, uh, took the phone again and she said, well, two weeks passed and my husband is working, no drugs, no cigarettes and stuff like that. He don't even know, doesn't even know why did he do that. So with these testimonies and with these, you know, um, it's just enough for you to convince you that you are doing the right thing and you are doing something good. So when I heard on Wednesday these guys uh, trying to do you know, the same thing, go out the streets, go to the people, I was so happy, so, so, so happy, because this is what, you know, this, the, the, that's the kind of thing what brings the fire to the unsaved world. And this is very, very, very important. Right now especially, because I was, I was, on the, I was talking with Brian a lot in these 
uh, four or five days about America, the politics, economy, church, stuff like that. And the thing is that what I see and what I think is that America was founded on the word of God. And it has to die on the same word. So when we are seeing this story in the Bible, um, let, let's see what continues. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, so Mary goes to his, her son and she says to him, Jesus said to her, woman, uh, oh, sorry. I think I deleted my scripture, but it's okay. So uh, Mary said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. So whenever a country, a city, a human being knows, realizes that they are out of wine, it means there is a problem. And what I see and what I feel is that when you are out of wine in your own life, in your faith, in your promises, when you see that your city or your country has no wine anymore, and it can be seen so much here because this country is very blessed. It was founded on the word of God. And when you see the direction where it goes, you can just tell it like, well, there's something problem here and we are out of fine. And the, the cure, the medicine to get back to the word of God and get, get back to prayer. So whenever uh, a human being, a man, feels the luck, the emptiness of having the Holy Spirit in him, when you feel like you're tired, you're burned out, you're empty, you're dry, or stuff like that, the medicine to, you know, to get back where you came from. That's everything. That's everything for a human being. And um, so there is a very interesting story because whenever I feel I'm out of wine, Whenever I feel like you know, I'm done, I cannot hold my promises, I can't hold this vision because it's too big, it's too scary, never, ever, no one ever did that before us. Nobody was this, this stupid and this fool, you know, just. So this is what I'm telling myself like every month. But the reason and the thing is that um, prayer and the word of God is all the thing what keeps me alive. And that is a very interesting thing because sometimes, I don't say sometimes, I say usually when I go to the Lord, because when I go to the Lord, the Lord, you see, I have no ever wine. I have no more wine. I cannot take it anymore. And that's the same thing what happened here because people are the same. You know, you, you can go back 2,000 years. You can go forward 2,000 years. People, human beings are going to be the same. Our nature is the same. And when you go to the Lord, like, Lord, I have no wine. Please help me. He always, not always, but usually answers in the same way like, well, I don't care. You know, what, what, what does your concern have to do with me? And I, I experienced that a lot when I felt that I'm in so need. Right now need. Not tomorrow need. Not next week need. Right now I am in a need. I need help right now. Usually the Lord keeps me in patience. Because when he keeps you in patience, he keeps you in faith. Can you imagine Christ's mom? So let me tell you something. Mary was a woman who knew her son. Right? She knew her, him. Knew him. So when she goes to him with the problem, and what we see is that Jesus says, what does your concern have to do with me? Let me tell you something. Do you know what did he really meant in reality? He wanted to tell to his mom, like, mom, I know. Because before I came to this wedding, I already knew what's going to happen. Before you ever thought about the wine or the need or anything like that, I already knew the solution. I already knew what I'm going to do. And there's a message to you as well. I don't know you. I don't know where did you come from. I don't know your situations, your problems. But if the Lord told you something, if you have promises, desires in your heart, which is according to his purpose, he is going to do that. But I don't say in the time feel like you need it. So, 
In reality, he says, Mom, I know. I'm prepared. I'm called. I can imagine, like, you know, he's sitting in the table, watches everyone drinking their wine, which is not anymore in the cup, watches everyone dancing, the crowd, the noise, stuff like that. And there is his mom is coming. She's coming so fast, like, son, 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 there is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yep, go ahead. <laughs> They're out of wine. They have no wine. Help me do something. I know you. I thought she whispered that. I know you. Tell them, show them who you are. And he was like, well, I don't care, you know, it's your problem. <laughs> But there's a very interesting thing which comes next. He's how, and it, and it is how his mother reacts to all of this. Let's, let's see. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water. See this, watch this. Jesus ignores his own mother in a very excellent way. He's like, okay, I know, I see, but I don't care. But the thing is, the lesson is, the message is, the, the, the main point is in this uh, scripture, this story, is how Mary reacted. Because he, you know, she didn't blow out, she didn't scream, she didn't yell. Wow, what did you say? Where's the respect from you? I'm your mom. Tell something. I told you. This is the, way I ra- this is the kind of way I raised you up. <laughs> this is what my mom would tell me. <laughs> you know, respect, son. I'm your mom, I told you they have no one. You're God, do something, <laughs> you know? But no, listen to this, Mary knew her son. So she did not say anything back at him. He goes to the kitchen, she goes to the kitchen. She goes there where all of these huge water pots was. And it is, it's very, very, very interesting that um, She goes to these servants. Can you imagine, back at that time, servants were not waiters or waitresses. This is the word? They didn't get money for work. In that time, back in there, in the uh, Old New Testament, these guys were working for their life. They got food, they got accommodation for their job. So can you imagine those guys standing there with no wine and they knew that, you know, the, the, the guy who was responsible for all of the wedding, you know, the, the, how do you say when, how do you say the dad of a, how do you say the wife's, or the, the groom, no, no, the groom's dad or the, that's it, the father? Okay, that's easy. So, because in Hungary, in Hungary when we are a wedding, We always call the parents of the, the couple like joy father or joy mother, mother or happy mother or happy father. They, there's, there's a name, but that's okay, father. So can you imagine the father? <laughs> so can, 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 can you imagine the father sitting there watching his servants, what they do, you know, he's just staring at them, just checking at them. And they are standing in the kitchen without wine and they knew they got off. They, it's done for them, they finished. So there is Mary coming in, and they are believing for their best advice, what they can have in their whole life. And she goes like, well, guys, I know what to do. Whatever he says, do it. So they're like, oh, well, okay, that's good. We're fine. And then Jesus coming in after Mary, and he says to them, fill the water pots with water. <coughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? Fill the water pots with water. I'm so sorry, Excellency, my King, my Lord. They ran out of wine. They have some water, tons of water. They don't need water. Yeah, 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 I know. Fill them up with water. The reason, and I, I usually say that this story is all about, you know, the Lord, his greatness and his power, but I realized something, that this story is more about the servants, the lesson the situation, and his mother, how, they, how she reacted. So 
Can you imagine the situation standing there and these guys were so afraid, you know, their, their jeans was full with, you know, they were, they, they were, they were finished. So they knew their boss was very, you know, strict, powerful, no mercy, and they sitting outside waiting for the next round of wine, and they, the Jesus tells them, you know, to fill these water pots with water. And they do it. There is a thing which is really, really, really important. I think in every uh, human being's life, there is one attitude, a mentality, what the Lord wants to, you know, um, to improve, to skill, and it is the do whatever he says you to do with mentality. And it is very hard, because 90% of times, and usually always, he ask you, asks you to do some crazy things, crazy stuff, which is, seems, you know, just impossible, seems foolish, seems like we're done. So, but the do whatever he says you to do mentality is the number one um, qualification to be used by God. If you don't have that, I, I love you guys so much, but if you don't have that, you're not usable. I'm not usable. If you have the I am going to do whatever he tells me mentality, you're fine. You're done. He, from that point on, he can start working in your life. Because without faith, it is impossible to please him. So it is very, very, very important to have this mentality. I don't care what people will say. I don't care what others will say. I don't care what my neighbors will say. I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. So there is a teaching and there is are sayings like, you know, God like this, God like also like that, God like this. At the end of the day, God likes faith. And nothing except that. So everything what comes by your faith it pleases him. If something or anything comes by, you know, wisdom, brain, emotions, desire, it's good, but it will not make you stronger in your spirit. Only faith. That's the only thing what qualifies a man to be used by the Lord. Faith, faith, faith. Whatever he says, do eat mentality. Let me tell you a testimony, and then I'm going to show you some um, videos and pictures from Ukraine and the border. So, I told you the financial situation in Hungary, right? So, a couple of weeks ago, I, um, me and my wife saved money for clothes. We wanted to go all the time. I have two children. We wanted to go together and buy clothes for everyone in the family. So uh, we saved around like $500. I saved it until in, in two, three or four months. We put it back in every month apart. And then uh, there was a, I will never forget Thursday, when we were at the church and uh, there was a guy, he's a very good friend of mine, he told me that one of his friends are moving. So could I have them? I said, well, sure. So we went to his car, we went to the apartment where uh, this woman lives, and uh, when we uh, put all of the stuffs in the uh, apartment, I went into the flat, into the apartment, and it was just so empty. I mean, empty like an uns unsaved people, unsaved man, empty. So. Nothing on the walls, no bed, no TV, no desk, anything but a couch and one table with a small chair. That's it. So I'm kind of like, you know, I try to do some fun and some joke, and I, I goes to her like, well, when did you move? Yesterday? And she goes like, oh, oh no, um, two months ago. But the way she told me, she was so embarrassed, so, so, so embarrassed that she didn't have the money, you know, to 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 fill up that uh, apartment with, with stuffs and furnitures. So when I was walking out from, the, from her, the Lord told me, and I was so, I knew it. I'm like, when I started to hear that he's talking to me, I'm like, no, 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 I'm out of here. <laughs> it, was, it was so, so, so godly. And he told me that whatever you saved, all of my savings, what you have, give it to her. I'm like, oh, damn it. 
took, it took us four months. So it was, I'm like, oh, well, that's cool. I'm heading home. I'm thinking about calling my wife or not, but I eventually I didn't. I, I got home, and my wife's standing in the kitchen. She's cooking. And I'm like, babe, well, she's like, oh, how well, was the church? The I hi her, did you help? And I'm like, yeah, it was so cool, but let me tell you something. The Lord spoke to me that we should, you know, bless someone else. She was so happy. Oh, wow, well, sp he spoke to me too. And I'm like, what? Yeah, 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 just like 15 minutes ago, he, he told me to give someone, someone a, a blessing. And I'm like, oh, well, how much? And she goes, like, oh, $500. And I'm like, oh. That was easier than I thought, you know, I thought, <laughs> I, thought I, I have to tell, tell her, you know, the, the amount, and I'm like, oh, well, okay. So I went out into, uh, two, days, two days later, we went to church, we gave the money to her, she was crying and stuff like that, it was a blessing. I, I had peace to do it, you know, even if I needed it, I had peace to do it. So I'm heading home, we're having lunch, and I'm like, oh, well, okay, another five, four months, you know, to saving another amount and stuff like that. So I was like, well, okay, we'll figure it out. I have clothes, so. And, um, but here's the point. It was on a Sunday. Next day, Monday night, I was invited to preach to somewhere else. So I'm in the car, I'm heading to the place. I got there, the pastor welcoming me, and he uh, gives me the tiny, tiny, tiny envelope. And I'm like, well, thank you so much. I don't ask money before I go to somewhere. I never ask before. So I said, thank you. I preached. There were a few people, like 20, 25 people were there. It was under my expectations. But I still preached my heart out. You know, I, I was, actually, I, was, I think I was talking about the same, uh, same stuff there. And um, I'm, uh, the meeting was done. I was heading home. And um, I was on the phone with my worship leader in the team. And he's like, oh, tell me how's it, da 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 And I was, uh, he was asking if you got something, you know, did they bless you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, sure. And he said, oh, well, let's open that envelope and let's see what, what's in there. And watch this. I sit in the car on the motorway. I'm heading home so fast. It was late. And I opened this envelope. And when I opened it, there was $500 in it. This man, I told this to my dad, this testimony, and he told me this man, my dad and the team went there for three years, monthly, two monthly, three monthly. They never, ever get any bless got any blessing from him. Never. And that day I learned something. It is not the people who give. It is not the people who give. It's the Holy Spirit through them. So... And it just touched me so much. So, 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 so much. So whatever, whenever you have a vision, you do something crazy, foolish, and the people ask you, like, what are you doing? You, you can just tell them, well, I'm filling up my water pots. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm preparing for the blessing. I'm preparing for the rain. I don't care what do you think. I am doing this. You can live by anything, but I live by my faith. So Jesus said to them, fill the water pots. All right, let, uh, just one more thing. Um, there are many young adults and many youth in Hungary, and they ask me a lot of times um, what to do to please God, what to do so that he can bless me with the anointing, with signs and wonders and stuff like that. And there is one scripture what I experienced in my life and what I learned so much that when in Romans 8, 29, he says, you know, and we know all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. And, and every time when someone came to me with this question, I just tell them, do something which is according to his purpose, not to yours. Because if you do something which is in his heart, maybe not in yours, maybe you don't want to do it, maybe it's too uncomfortable, it's too you know, embarrassing for you, I don't care if it is in his heart, if it's his purpose, that's the, it means that you're doing the right thing, and he is going to bless that, his purpose. So, and I believe uh, from, and I can see it from the fruits, that what we started in Hungary and what we're doing in the border, in the city, from the fruits I can tell you that it pleases God because it's his purpose. So I have some um, 
pictures and stories from Ukraine and from the border. So last, last, not this year, this March, right? It was this March. This March, I was about to go here, to come here. Uh, uh, that's a New Year's crusade. Yeah, we had this gathering on New Year's Eve. Around 600 people showed up. We all also had like 100 um, salvations there. Uh, it was, you can see the, these guys filling up the salvation cards. It was very good. It was very blessed. On New Year's Eve, so everyone said like, oh, that's, 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 you know, that's a, a suicide. You cannot do anything in New Year's Eve. Everyone has a problem. And I'm like, well, the Lord told me, oh, yeah, this is me washing my dad's feet. So my message was back there if we want to, hey, wait, wait, wait a minute. You're so Hungarian. Don't rush. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. So my, my, my message was my, my, my message was on New Year's Eve, if we want to see revival in Hungary, if we, are, we are going to, if we would like to be in that wedding, you have to go back to the main, main, main laws, and you have to respect our parents, respect our elders. So at the end of the meeting, uh, the Lord told me in May that I'm going to wash my dad's feet on New Year's Eve. So I had time to prepare for that. But it was very powerful. It was very, very powerful. And that was, yeah, after it. So glory to God. But uh, we have some, yeah, stop here, please. So we settled up this tent in Ukraine. You can see it was a, we, we've been there for four days. And that was the first night crusade in Ukraine. You can see they had only one light. There was about 20, 25 degrees outside. Everyone was freezing. And we uh, led people to the Lord in this tent. And uh, we, I have some, some real, real, real testimonies. Can we move on, please? Thank you. So there were these two, two, two guys, and these two little boys, they came from Ukraine, and they lived. So how do you say it when these refugees camp? Refugees. Or, yeah. So they lived there also. The whole day they were playing in the dust and in the trash. But they were just so kind. Yeah, we can, thank you. There, there was a tent at the back of the property. So we, when we went there, there's one thing. When we went there, we literally lived with the refugees. So we went there for th twice, for three, four, five days, two times. And we, we, that was in my heart that we have to go there with all of our money, what we had in the ministry, and just, you know, we didn't bring clothes. We didn't bring food. We didn't bring these... Um, you know, um, cleaning stuff, drugery. Uh, yeah, yeah, thank so nothing, nothing at all. And I was kind of so embarrassed on the way to Ukraine. And I'm like, oh, uh, I said to the team, like, oh, well, we, we just have nothing. And then immediately the Lord spoke to me and he said, what you bring is in you, just pray for them. Preach the gospel. So at the end of the first trip, after four days, the pastor he came to me and he said, um, well, you were the only one who didn't bring any stuff like that, you know, clothes and food and stuff like that. But what the Lord did through you, it worth everything. Because if we go, move on, you will see, so there are kids. We had three crusades in three nights. And the first two nights, I was preaching my heart out no response at all. Everyone was freezing. They went back to their shelters and houses. But on the third day, I was so disappointed. But I'm like, oh, well, that's the last day. We can go home tomorrow. So it's fine. And on the last day, um, I was preaching. Uh, and on the altar call, there was two young, 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 young kid. I think they weren't like 13 or something. They were under that. And um, they were crying. Everyone was talking, going home, and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, what can I help you? What, what do you want? And this little girl and, um, uh, and another boy, she, he'll be on the video as well. They, she, she goes to me like, um, what can I do to be saved, to get saved? She was crying. She's like 11 or 12 years old. And I'm like, well, I have to cry a little bit. Let me go back to you. I, I just, you know, it was so, so, so intense. And... Um, I filled up a huge tab in the, in the refugee camp with water, and I told the pastor to do it because I'm going to baptize these young guys. So we did, I'm, I, I, that, that's to me in this white floor. So we, yeah, you can play it, thank you. We, we baptized them. 
this water was freezing cold. They had no uh, warm water in their refugee, but they just didn't care. She said, I am so excited. I'm going to be with Jesus. I was so, so, so overwhelmed. Can we play the next one, please? Yeah, there is this guy. Yeah, you can play it. So behind our back, there are like 60 or 80 people watching what we are doing. We, we barely have some space to do that. Yeah, I'm just praying for him. Okay, so the, the testimony of this, if it's not enough, um, that was the first trip in Ukraine and on the border. A month later, we went back. And this guy and the little girl from the previous video, they were Ukrainian. They have never heard about Lord, they weren't saved, no Christ, no church, no Sundays, da 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 da, da nothing. They got saved, they got baptized, and um, a month later we went back to Ukraine and to the same place. And I'm going into the building to see what's going on. And what I see, watch this, what I see this guy and his sister, the little girl from the video, they were standing in the middle leading worship. <laughs> Without any knowledge, any scripture, any Bible knowledge, any nothing. So I, I, go, I go to the pastor, I'm like, what's happening here? And he said, well, I don't know. So in three months, there is a picture, I went back in May, do you have that picture, Peter? I'm standing on the stage and this one. This two, listen to this. These two kids started to preach the gospel in Tisobach and on the border in two months. People started to get saved in from the same village. So I stood there and I'm like, I came here to do ministry, but eventually I was the one who learned something. They taught me how to live, and I'm just, you know, it was overwhelming, it was overwhelming, so I'm preaching, and these two guys, they just led people to the Lord from Hungary, these two kids, you know, it was unbelievable, and we had some, I have some other videos, where we are, at the pre yeah, this one, so here, we are at the house of the pastor, so let me tell you something, the war broke out on a Thursday, on the next Tuesday, I went to the border. I brought a minivan with me with all of the stuff. I was helping to my father-in-law. So I got to Tisabach, to the border, and, and, I, and the moment when I was out of the car, it was like in a movie. You have never seen that before, I bet. I was out of the car, I was standing in the middle of the road, two sides, all houses and, and stuff like that, Six, seven, eight hundred people running all the way across the street from house to house in the night, crying, wailing, whimpering, suffering in fear. I stood there and I'm like, where am I? I only saw this in movies. So I was, I'm standing in the middle watching. I couldn't even um, close the door of the car because there was someone else jumping in and just took the car and they went you know, to, to um, claim all of the refugees and the people to save them. So I'm standing there and I'm like, what are you doing here? And there is this pastor, I didn't know him, but he knew me. And um, he said, well, Eddie, we never thought that you'll be here one day and stuff like that. Can you come into my house? And I'm like, well, sure, it's another. So I'm, I'm stepping into his house, it was like, like your living room, the whole stuff, like it's so small, like it wasn't even a hundred square feet, a uh, thousand square feet. It's, it's like, it's, it's a small, like, like a stage, it's a small kind of stuff. And I stepped in 40, 50 people in close next to each other, like, like, you know, fishes just standing there with like, you know, freezing and stuff like, it was so cold, freezing and crying, kids, moms, grandchildren and stuff like that, with affections, illnesses. I was, I was like so, 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 so done. I'm like, what is going on here? So, and then at the end of the fourth day, so the guy who is sitting in the, on the corner, not who has the guitar, but the other one on the left, that's the pastor. And that's his wife and uh, their two children. 
and that's the medical guy on the right. So they, the pastor came to, comes, comes to me and he says like, well, I want you to know something. In this um, season, there were a lot of people who brought you know, foods, groceries, clothes, tons of this. But what you did here, without any of this stuff, just preaching and praying for the people, you got these people saved. And I was like, well, yeah, I talked, but it wasn't me who preached. You know, that's the work of the Lord. And he, he said to me, like, can I, have, can I ask you just one more favor to do it? I'm like, sure, go ahead. And he's like, can we just do a small worship and prayer meeting in our house so that we can have power to go on? To continue the work because we were there for just for just four days or a week you know but they lived there and they lived for five to six months with 40 45 people in their own house cooking unstoppable cleaning unstoppable every day 24 per 7 and he just wanted some you know some worship and some prayer so it was and this is what we are doing here now I'm the one who's making the video. And the Holy Spirit was just so strong in that room. So strong. Yeah. The water he says you do it mentality. It was it was so 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 intense. So intense. Yeah, so the reason why I showed you these is because of course I wanted you to see something from you know the situation going on there. But there is two more reasons. One is that um, I'd like to take the adults and you, you'll see who can go, who cannot, next year to the border and to Ukraine. And we'll, we're going to do a huge crusade there, a tent crusade with all of these people. And um, when I saw this, and when I saw the work, yeah, you can, you can play that as well. That was a mom, let me tell you a story. That, this mom, and on the right, this is her mother. Uh, her husband was in prison. The grandpa died. And this family, there is another children, uh, children in the video. This family was found on the street. How do you say these? Peti, how do you say these? Ditch. So they were found in this ditch next to the road in the middle of the night. One of the team was you know, um, going around, checking about their refugees, to helping them, saving them. And they turned the car, and the, the light of the car suddenly, for just one second, was in this family sitting and, and, and laying in the ditch next to the road. It's like 20, 25 degrees outside, freezing cold. And when this family was brought back to the refugee camp, they tell them to you know, sit down, and, and they gave them food. These two women was crying while was eating this food. And they said they were in the ditch for three days. And with these two children, and the third one was like, I don't know, two or three months old, in, in, in the clothes of his mom, her mom. You know, it was just so overwhelming. And, but they had no uh, space, no place in the refugee camp. So they put them into this. Can you play the video, please? So they put them into this. I don't know how you say it, but these were like so bigger containers. You know. And here in this video, we are trying to fix the heating system for them. The man who's... Oh, it's so the guy who's with me, he, uh, he's an um, electrician. He does heating stuff back at home and electric stuff. So he was trying to figure out how can we put light and heat in these containers, you know. And then the video, you can hear it that this mom is just singing to you know, their children because they were just so, 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 so in shock. Three days in the ditch, it was so overwhelming. And um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was the border. And they are still there. And um, after this camp, after this trip, ah, that's the tent in, uh, during afternoon or morning. After this trip, I went to preach to Mexico. There is a huge church there with like 3,000 members. Huge, huge. I'll show the video to Peter. And when I, when I started to uh, show them these pictures, I'm in the middle of the preaching, and the pastor starting to freak out. He goes like, why did they stop that video? Stop that picture. I'm like, oh, wow, what did I wrong? 
he, he, he's getting up to the stage, he stands next to me and he goes like, I wanna tell you something. He th- says this to the church. This tent right there, we gave this tent to the church 20 years ago. And I didn't know that, and he didn't know that we preached in that one, so he was so, so, so overwhelmed. The whole church stood up and they started to come and give offerings to go back and do the same stuff there. They were just in, so, so, so excited. I was just standing there and people, can you imagine 2,500 people just coming forward and they just give offerings and checks and go back and preach it, go back and preach it, go back and preach it, save them. It was so, so, so intense. Yeah. We can, yeah, we can play it. So these are um, nights during the nights we had some, there is this guy whom we baptized in the back. Yeah, so, oh, there is a mom in this shirt, this blue kind of shirt. You see that? With black hair. So, I sat next to this woman, and she talks to me, and she goes, well, back in Ukraine, for us, it took 30 years to build up our own house. We got paid in every day, and we, the three-quarter of the income was for the house, and we lived by the one-quarter. So they were very, very, very poor. And she's sitting next to me and she said, Eddie, when I came through the border, God told me that I realized that I was working in my whole life for that house, but I couldn't not bring it with myself through the border. And I'm sitting there like, you know, kind of crying, so overwhelmed, and she said to me this, I've learned something. This woman cannot read, cannot write. They are workers. She said to me, I know the Bible because I ask my children to read it for me. Because with all of our money, we send them to school so they can learn. So she's sitting in the bed, her kids, you know, reading the Bible for her, and she's memorizing it. And listen what she says. She says, Eddie, there is a border across earth and heaven. And if you go through that border, you cannot bring anything with you. And I was sitting there, you know, crying like a kid. Everything from my nose and my eyes. Yes, I know. Thank you. I was, I was done. I learned from these people the biggest lessons of my life. The biggest, biggest lessons of my life. So it was, yeah. We can, we can go on. I'm almost finished. Yeah, that's the... I was in May back there. That's it? Okay, thank you. So, um, yeah, this is the situation back there. Eighth verse. Let's go back to the scripture. Let's go back to the story. So these guys filled up the water pots up to the brim, and Jesus said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast, and they took it. That's the situation, and that's the season when they act like the biggest fools in the world. So when every, anybody comes to me like, well, you know, you want to pay for 10 to 15 people in Hungary, you are in full-time ministry, okay, I got this, but what is your job? I'm like, this? Yeah, 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 I know this, but what is your job, you know, to, I'm like, this. So what, whenever, every, when anybody comes to me, and if anybody comes to you, you know, to teasing, tease you with your faith, with your promises, you know, you can just tell them, like, I am preparing for the next year, and what does it mean? It means that I took those water pots to the master of the feast. I'm just bringing them. I don't care what will happen. Because the story tells us that when the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drunk the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom. Now, can you imagine that situation? Steve, come here! You know, in the middle of the, in the, middle of the uh, wedding. Steve gets so scared. Yeah, yeah, I'm coming, I'm here. Poor bridegroom. You know, he thought he managed a good wedding and, you know, with his wife and stuff like that. But the master of the feast was, was just so experienced and so overwhelmed and so surprised. And, has, and here we see that he says to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. And when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. So that is a very, very important part not when he looked at the wine, not when they filled it into the glass, but when he tasted it. Because living by faith, let me say it in this way, living by faith is like drugs. If once 
you taste it, you'll be addicted to it. You just need to be addicted to the right thing, right, or right thing. Actually, tomorrow I'm going to pray for the people on the Freedom Group. So, um, and there is one more thing. Um, living by faith, yeah, is like, is like that, but um, if, you, if you are trying to live from others' faith, is like you are the um, lame man asking for alms at the church. You know, you have to have your own battle, your own weight on your shoulders to carry your promises and your prophecies and your desires. So don't live by someone else's faith. Don't live in someone else's dream. Don't live in someone else's vision. You have to have your own. And it doesn't mean it not can be you know, um, connected with someone else. But you have to have your own. You cannot be like, oh, you have so much faith. I wish I could have the same thing. No, 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 no. Forget this. You know, that's, that's, that's silly thing, this silly stuff. You have to fight for your own. You have to do it for your own. And um, there is one more thing what I wanted to share, uh, show you. We are doing um, evangelistic crusades in every month back at home. And um, there was a woman. And that's the last testimony I'm done. There's a woman. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm worshiping. We are at the beginning. And this woman was sitting behind me. And I didn't know her. I didn't know at all anyone. There were like 200 people there. And suddenly the Holy Spirit, uh, start, uh, talk, uh, he's talking to me and he says, there is someone here in a pink shirt whom I'm going to deliver today and born again as well. I'm like, well, okay. I stood up to the stage and I'm like, someone here in this pink shirt, come forward, I'm going to pray for you. And so she came, I prayed for him, and um, he got delivered. You'll see it on the video. But the thing is that after the service, on the next day, she took a video about what was she feeling in that day, next day. So and it's, it will be on the video uh, as well. The reason why I show you this is because next year, if the youth and anyone is going to come to Hungary, I want you to experience the same stuff. So... Um, yeah, please go ahead. You have it? Are you kidding me? I sent it on. Hey, there's a YouTube link in email. Okay, I, I see you. Um, so, un, un, until uh, he finds it. So, um, because of that, um, all, on the last meeting, uh, I was um, sitting uh, next to the stage praying, and there, were, there was a people, there was a man, and he came to me and he said, uh, you know, honestly, I don't want, I don't want to tell you this, but um, the truth is that um, we, me and my family, come to this crusade, to this service, because we heard what's happening there. And it just hit me so much. Because, you know, in these days, advertisements and, you know, stuff like that, everything looks pretty attractive and, and the lights and the stuff. But when you come to a point when um, people are going to tell to the others their own testimonies, their own experiences, their own you know, experiences with the Holy Spirit, is just a different level. It's just something, something new. Yes, I made, just made this video for you so you can... Can we get some yeah. volume? Thank you. You can turn it up more. That's the next, next uh, advertisement for the next uh, crusade in Hungary. Yeah. So, um, yeah. You see, that's not, not us. That's not me. I couldn't do this. So, and since, um, and I'm closing here now, um, since uh, we are seeing these fruits, you know, and, and uh, in Ukraine, in the border, and, and as well in, in Budapest, I'm just not ashamed to tell the people, like, you know, if you, you want to come to here, and experience it, do it. Come, if you need to save money for that, do that. But it is worth every, um, you know, um, sacrifices to see it, to experience it. And if next year, you or the youth, or whoever wants to come, we'd like to see you there. And we'll, I want you, I want you to see this, to experience this and bring it home with you. Because the vision that you have to, for the valley, for the city, the youth, no one needs anything but the anointing, you know, the, the Holy Spirit. And if you, um, since we are in this um, uh, season, 
I, wherever I go, I'm not ashamed to tell the people if it's in your heart to sow a seed, to sow, to support us, to do this with any um, 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 support, what we get, what we, uh, get from all over uh, the country or Europe or stuff like that, it goes to hire the people who can help me do this back there. And that's, that's, that's the honest thing. So if it's in your heart, if uh, do it, and if it's in your heart, it's more important, come next year. I want you to see you guys there, especially. Yeah, so thank you so much. God bless you. Praise the Lord. He did a great job in English, didn't he? Amen. Amen. All right. So, yes. And so we will be taking a trip next year. It'll probably be in July. We're not sure the exact dates. We're waiting on the dates of, a, of an event that's happening there uh, for that to be solidified. But we are going to be having an A and a B trip. Now, we're working on how the dates would work. But he kept saying adult, you know, adults and kids. What we're going to do is at one point the trip will split. And one, one group sounds like it will go to where Peter's family lives in, in uh, western Hungary and do a youth, more youth events there. And then an adult trip will actually go to Ukraine. And that's, our, that's my goal is that I, wanna, I actually want to go into Ukraine, um, into where the refugee camps are and minister there. And so we, we won't, I just, you know, we don't have peace at all about bringing any youth into Ukraine, but as far as adults, and we'll talk more about that as we go along. So that's what we happen next summer, and uh, then we'll all join back together to do a crusade in Budapest uh, in, uh, at the very end of the trip. So uh, really exciting things happening. Um, if you want to give towards his ministry, just put uh, Eddie, Eddie on, the, on your offering, and we'll make sure it goes that way. You could do the same thing online uh, if you want to do that.